Hey guys, this is Sean Walla, also known as Showing Your Realtor. Yo. You need to educate yourself because this business is always evolving. You just continue to learn. With it, talk to you guys later. Welcome to the Strictly Free Game Podcast. I am Sean Wally, your host, also known as Sean, your realtor. Whatever you want to call me, just make sure you call me. That's usually the little kick I give. I am here with a special guest today, Miss Nominated for Woman of the Year. Well, I'll let you get into all of that. I have Miss Olivia Rosario. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me here. Of course. And this is your first podcast. It is. It is my first podcast, so I apologize. (laughs) No, you're going to be amazing. You're going to be amazing. So... Olivia and I was just talking off camera and she was giving me a lot of great insight on the thing, the projects that she's working on, her philanthropy stuff that she has going, but I'll let her give that information. Before we start, just give a little breakdown of yourself. Okay, so my name is Olivia Rosario. I am Dominican. I was born in the Dominican Republic. I arrived when I was three months old. So I've been here for most of my life. I was educated here in the United States. Um, I am one of four sisters. I live in Long Island, um, and uh, I am married, and I went to law school. I went to St. John's University School of Law later in life, because okay. I didn't listen to my mother, and I wanted to do things my own way. So, but I decided to go back to college. I graduated from Hunter College, and then I went into uh, law school. I went to St. John's University oh, School of Law. Queens House? Yes. I lived in Queens. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah. Um, what part of Queens did you live in? Corona. Okay. Corona Queens. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. First, I lived in Lefrak, and then we moved to Corona Queens. My grandfather used to live in Lefrak years yeah. ago. We lived a long time ago. Nice. It was a nice place. It, it really was. It really was. When I grew up, or, not grew up, my, my grandfather was living there, and I used to go visit. I used to love it over there. Yeah. It's a little different. Still. Yeah. The climate has changed a little. Definitely. Unfortunately. Definitely. Um, but it's still, it's still very nice. It is, right? It's five minutes, five, ten minutes away from the city. You're mm-hmm. right there. It's, it's... And the train is close by, which is yeah. important. Yeah. So before you got into law, you said you, stood, you, did, you had another path. What was the other path prior to law? So it was the wrong path. I got, I was married by, by the time I was 19, I got married. So I had a child yeah. when I was 20. She's actually 32 now. Um, uh, and yeah, so I realized that my mother was right all along. Um, and I said, let me get back on the right path. And I went to college. I graduated from college. And then I went right into law school because I knew from early on mm-hmm. that I wanted to be an attorney. Oh, so you always knew? Okay. I always knew. I always Did you knew. always know that you wanted to go into real estate law? I'm, I'm always curious when, I, when people go into real estate law. I'm like, why did you choose real estate law over any other field okay. of law? So I have, I've been, I've been, I've been practicing for 20, 21 years. So I've done a little bit of everything. And at the end of the day, I realized that I'd rather do real estate than anything else. So when I graduated from law school, I immediately went, I was an ADA, an assistant district attorney in Brooklyn. So I was doing that for some years. Um, And I loved it. Um, But then I said, let me see what else is out there. So I started doing personal injury. Uh, I did family law. Uh, I've done divorce, landlord tenant. Um, and I was really good at it. I'm not even gonna lie. Okay. I am good at, at the arguments, the at litigation. The I am good at it. <laughs> but then I started doing real estate, and I realized this is where I want to be because it's a happy occasion, right? Yeah. So the seller wants to sell the house, and the buyer wants to buy the house. So at the end of the day, it's happy. Everyone's happy. At mm-hmm. the end of the closing, the seller has sold the house that they wanted to sell, and the buyer bought the house that they wanted to buy. And I, I want to be in that kind of 
yeah. environment um, and not litigious and in court and fighting and mm-hmm. arguing. Um, I was that becoming someone that I'm really not. Yeah. Um, even if I didn't think that I was going to argue. An example: I could have a conversation with court with a, in the court before I went to before the judge with my adversary, and it was amicable, and we were going to mm. resolve it. But mm. when I went in front of the judge, it was something else. It was it's something like I was different. becoming someone else, and I was fighting tooth and nail over something that may or may not be insignificant. Okay. Um, and I said, no, let's. There has to be another path. There has to be a path where. Everything is, is happy, and I yeah. like to see people happy. And, and but we're glad people. to have you in this real estate space anyway. We need, we need more yes. of, of people like that anyway. So when it comes to real estate, I feel like there's, there's I'm, I'm the only talk from my perspective, right? Like mm-hmm. the community, community black and brown, right? I feel like we're really unders, underserved in that aspect. And when, and when it comes to home ownership, people are a little timid. Mm-hmm. They're scared, mm-hmm. especially if it's someone that doesn't look like them. So. Let's start the process. So when someone's, tell, tell someone the steps of hiring a real estate attorney. How does it usually start? Right, so when I started doing real estate, I mm-hmm. didn't go in with that mindset. Okay. But the more I'm uh, involved in the real estate, I realize I look around and I see we're not represented the way we should be. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we make up a, a, a huge percentage of the people that are buying homes now. Yeah. And I realized that we're not. And I said, okay, well this is my niche. Right, so. Now I concentrate, I represent everyone the same way, yeah, yeah. but I concentrate on first time home buyers, okay. black and brown. Okay. Um, I would say that probably the majority of my clients, maybe 90%, 90% um, okay. are black and brown. A lot of them are Spanish speaking only. Okay. Um, so so it's, it's important. I think it's important and I think it's a disservice when an agent recommends uh, a Spanish-speaking client to someone that doesn't speak Spanish. That doesn't speak the language at all, yeah. Like definitely. an attorney that doesn't speak because it's just, it's complicated to explain a contract to someone not in their native tongue. Mm-hmm. It can be intimidating. It's almost, it's almost impossible. Yeah. They, they can't understand what's going mm-hmm. on. They can't understand it. Okay. Because it's hard when you're explaining to them in Spanish. You have to really break it down to its most principal concept mm-hmm. um, and explain to them. And, and my consultations are an hour. If not really? a little longer, because okay. because I understand it's the first time, it's intimidating to mm-hmm. people. They've never dealt with this much debt, yeah. you know, with this much responsibility. Scary. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. So when I know it's a lot of attorneys will, they, they usually start the initial conversation, then you don't hear from them for a while. And I think a lot of people get a little frustrated right. with that. Expl- can you explain your process after your consultation? What steps are the the buyers? Because you deal with a lot of first time home buyers. Mm-hmm. What steps are they usually going through? that process so when you come to my office for the first time I introduce you to my staff I have great staff I mean I'm hard I'm a hard boss I think I'm I, nice but I I'm a hard boss yeah. yeah well I just I demand certain things okay right and so I have a team uh, Jason the paralegal I have Ashley my um, secretary and Natalie the the receptions and they work very very well I was on vacation for a week mm-hmm. okay on vacation for a week and nothing changed in my nice. office. Seamless. It just it ran like a well-oiled machine. It really did. I mean, and they all speak Spanish also, so it's not like it's intimidating where the client, you know, calls and no one can speak to them. Good. Right. So so they and English they speak. Okay. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but they speak Spanish fluently. 
So it's important because then the clients feel like they have someone there. Mm -hmm. So when you come to the, the first consultation, I introduce you to my office. Well, this is Jason, just so you can have a face to match. Of course, yeah. Um, the voice, and this is Ashley, and this is, and this is Natalie. Uh, so then they have that, that you know, the, they see the face yeah. who they're talking to. And I tell them, listen, I'm not always available because I am honest. Mm -hmm. I cannot always be available because I'm at closings or meeting other clients. Yeah, you always move around. And so I tell them, but you will be speaking to these ladies, and these ladies have more information than I do. Okay. Right? Because sometimes if I'm in the street and you call me on my cell phone, I'm, I'm, I have a different mindset, so course, I, yeah. I really don't know. So if you call me, well, you know, when are we going to close on my house? I would tell you, just call, call the office because they have all the information that, that you need. Mm -hmm. So once we, we do that, we, the contract gets signed by my clients, the uh, down payment gets sent over to the sales attorney, and then at that point we keep track just to make sure we get it as quickly as we can because once I get it back fully executed, the contract, which mm -hmm. means signed by the seller, yeah. everything's been accepted, then I order title right away. Um, there you because go. title is taking a long time. Title takes and, a little while. Yeah. And there's some attorneys that I know that will wait till the commitment to order title. Yeah, I've, I've dealt with that too, which I don't understand. It just why. doesn't make sense to yeah, me. Not at all. Not at because all. at that point, I'm hoping to close within two weeks of the commitment. Right? Makes sense. That makes sense. But if you order title, it's taking about two weeks. It's taking about back. two weeks just to get the title back and, anyway. Right. And then yeah. if there are any issues, which usually mortgages. always happens. Which usually so talk, are. let's talk about title. Now that you brought title up, what are usually the, the issues that some, what are some, not even issues, we're not even going to talk the negative part of it. What are some of the things that will come up on title for someone? Because there's always something that's right. going to come up. So it'll be open permits. For the property? For the property. If okay. there's open permits for the property, if uh, there's any violations on the property, that'll come up on title. Any debt that the house has will come up. Okay. So not only the mortgage, but there's certain debt, there's certain liens that get attached to the house. So like a, um, a tax, a federal tax lien mm -hmm. will get attached to the house. Child support will get attached to the house. A lot of people don't realize that. Yes, they yeah. don't. Um, alimony gets attached to the house. Mm -hmm. um, parking tickets. I was just about to say that because I, yes. I had a closing recently uh -huh. where there was an abandoned car in the driveway and there were tickets for that car. It wasn't technically, technically mm -hmm. parking tickets, but there was violations right. on that vehicle. So what usually happens when those violations come up? Because a lot of people get a little nervous. So you're giving them a call and saying, I use myself, Sean, there's issues that came up on the title. There's a violation on something in the house. And now I'm panicking because I'm a first-time homebuyer. So I'm panicking. I don't know what to do. Right. What is usually the conversation you'll have with them? So we just, Ashley will call you and she's just going to talk you through it. Right. Mm -hmm. So we either are going to verify if it's yours or not because there's a lot of common names. Right. So I have a lot of clients, you know, with common names. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes we'll get 20 pages worth of um, liens. Okay. And then we'll just go, did you ever live at this address? No. And then it's just a matter of providing an affidavit at the time of closing saying that that, that person is not you, those, those, that debt doesn't belong to you. Okay. Right. Um, but if it does, right, if it's a parking ticket, then we just send you the link to go and pay it, send us the proof that you paid it, and we send it to title. We don't like to wait till the day of closing to address it, because you can actually pay it at the time of closing also. Yeah, I know a lot of people try to hold off until closing. But we but don't. Let's yeah. not do that. It's yours. Pay it. Mm -hmm. Let's get to closing as quickly as we can. I don't want that to be uh, an issue. Right? Maybe your lender is not going to want it. It's not comfortable with you closing mm -hmm. with, with that uh, open parking ticket. We're going to pay it right away. You'll pay it right away. We'll send you the link. We'll help you. We'll talk you through it. I have a lot of clients that don't know where to go. Yeah. Right? So we'll send you the link. We talk you through it. We're on the phone with you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then we make sure that you pay it and we send the receipt to title so they can clear that. So That's no everything. longer an issue. 
Good, good. I, um, it's, it's interesting that, because we, we initially started our conversation over text. Yes. And after I got, we started texting, I started getting phone calls from everybody. It's like, I'm telling you, things has happened for a reason. <laughs> and I started getting phone calls with people asking me, real estate law attorney, uh, attorney questions. And I'm like, right. listen, I'm not an attorney, but this right. is what I know so I can tell you this. So I recently had someone call me, their, their parent passed away. So when it comes to estate sales, so because they were in a different state, they live in California, their parents live in New York. What, if someone, what, what are the documents that someone would get prepared for an estate sale? Like, because I don't know what my parents have, what, what should right. I be looking for? So it, it always depends on how the deed is written. Okay. Right? So let's say it's a couple mm -hmm. and the, the husband died, it automatically transferred over to the wife. Okay. Right, so now it's the wife's property, right? If they both pass away, right, and they didn't leave a will, mm -hmm. then they have to go to court, right, and they have to um, create an administration. Okay. Right, they have to go to a surrogate's court, which in whichever county the the parent passed away or the person passed away. Okay. And they have to create, they have to get letters of administration so they can be able to sell the property. Um, ah, so they're doing all of that before they even contact the attorney. Well, sometimes they contact the attorney and there's words like you can be the sole heir, you can sign it as the sole heir, as a proposed administrator of the estate, you know, we're submitting the documents, they're not, they're not, it hasn't been approved, I don't have the letters of administration yet, okay. but I do expect to get it and then we can go in there, you know, and you can be, again, like the sole heir or the uh, proposed administrator. Interesting. What if you're not the sole heir? So say it's a situation where this is grandma's house and grandma had four kids. Two of the, it's two surviving kids left. What happens to the shares for those other two oh, kids? Oh, now you're going to a whole other level. Because you know what happens. It, it's, yeah. Right, so then what happens is you have, to, you have to do the administration, right? Because you have to include everyone. Okay. Right, so the two surviving uh, siblings, mm -hmm. right? They get included. And then you, you said there's two that are deceased. There's two that are deceased, Except yeah. that their husband or wife and their kids get a share. Okay. Right, so it would be divided in four, 25% for each one, right? So the ones that are surviving 25%, the other one's surviving 25%, and then the other two that are deceased, let's say one has three kids. Mm -hmm. Well, her 25% gets divided equally amongst the three kids. Got let's it. say the other one didn't have kids, but had a spouse. It goes to the spouse. Okay. Yeah. So it's, that's a it lot happens, more complicated. Because you know, grandma usually didn't have a will, right? This is the family's house. Yeah. When I pass away, the family yeah. will, mm -hmm. you know, keep the house and it never happens like that. Right, right. Um, it's interesting. What about when it comes to first time? Do you deal with a lot of people that are investing for the first time? Like first yeah. time investors? Mm -hmm. What advice investing. do you usually give to that first time investor? Because you know you hear a lot of people say, you shouldn't put this property in your name. It should be an LLC's name. So it should always be in an LLC name. Okay. And not just one. Because I have, I have this one uh, gentleman that wanted one LLC, create an LLC and have all the property in that name, under that LLC. No, create an LLC for each property. Each, each property. Yes, yes, because that limits your exposure to liability. Okay. Right? So if there's an issue with this particular house, then they'll go after that LLC, not all the property in your LLC. In LLC. That LLC Makes has sense. less. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. So if you're a first-time home, first-time investor, right. you should definitely have an LLC right. for each property. Correct. Let's go back into your philanthropy, because we were talking about that. She was just telling me some, some really dope stuff off camera. And even Matt was like, whoa, don't do it, don't do it. He's about to have a heart attack. <laughs> Give me a little information about what's going on with, with your projects. Okay, so I'm huge with philanthropy. I just, I really feel that you should, you need to pay back. 
mm-hmm. what you've gotten. Um, the, um, Muhammad Ali said, what, charities, the rent you pay for your time here. Yeah, I think I've heard that before, yeah. On yeah. earth, um, and I really believe that. Um, so I do believe in giving back, not, not just to my community, but to everyone that I can help, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a big believer, don't raise the ladder once you, you make it. You keep it down and you try to pull as many people up with you as you can. I like that, right? I like that. So, so that's huge, I am huge on that. I do, um, I do practice that and I don't just preach it. Nice. So I, I, I am involved in a couple of projects. Um, I'm a member of um, an organization called FUPAP. It's a Dominican-based uh, charity. Okay. Um, it's a foundation, and what they do is they, bring, they build houses for um, people that need the houses that are in need. I don't like to say, you know, poor people because I, I don't it. want to classify them. Of course, but, you yeah, know, yeah. People that need, that need the assistance, yeah. they need the help. Um, so they build houses, and more importantly than that, actually they have doctors without borders and dentists. So they have doctors and dentists that come from all over the world, um, and they stay in the Dominican Republic for two or three weeks, um, and they service the community, you nice. know, for free. And they do surgeries, um, they do dental work, which is important over yeah, there. Of course, because yeah. it's, not, it's not something, it's not priority mm-hmm. in the Dominican Republic. So right now, I'm working with, uh, with that organization because I have my own foundation in Dominican Republic also. Okay. And I'm trying to set something up for August where I'm going to have um, the doctors and the dentists come in come to the, the town, the, okay. the, the countryside that, I, that my parents are from, um, so we can help the children okay. and get the medical assistance and, and dental care. Now you also That's mentioned so something needed. about like a closed drive and everything that you know over there too, right? Right, so I do, I do two big drives a year. So one is August, I've adopted a school, um, and what I do is I get all the kids their uniforms, shoes, um, socks, underwear, I prepare them for school. Their books, school supplies, pencils, pens. I get um, chalks for the teachers. I, I get. I also help the teachers. Very nice. Um, and I take it over in August because they start school the third week of August. So I try to go the second week of August, um, and we do like a, a whole day. What we call a pasadilla, okay. you know, and it's like a whole day, and we feed them, and we go to the river, and it's it's such a great event, and mm-hmm. you know, we bring candy and food and. It's, it's something that the day, in the evening when it ends, they're already talking about next year. Oh, yeah? Oh, um, yeah. So that's how excited. How long have you been doing it now? So I've been doing it already for like 10 years, but I haven't done it the last two years because of COVID. Because of COVID? I, okay. And the schools were closed. Um, they were doing remote learning? They were doing remote learning. Okay. I mean, I have sent supplies, but I haven't done the whole get-together because... Um, you know, just for the fear of, of COVID. What could someone do if they wanted to donate? Like, if, are you taking donations from here and shipping them over? Or? Yeah, yeah. So I take donations, but I don't have uh, an official. Okay. Um, I haven't registered it here in the United States. Okay. It is well, registered. Set it up so we can start donating some right, stuff. Right, in the Dominican Republic. So I'm careful not to ask for donations. Okay. I get, I get donate. I take donations for that organization from family and friends and anyone that wants to help. Okay. Um, but I haven't registered it here, although it, it's in, it is in the works. It is in the works. Okay. I'm also a member of the FUPAC, and that's the one that I, I branched out from there because they, they are the ones that bring the doctors and the dentists, and we were just there in December giving um, food baskets for Christmas, like Christmas baskets. Okay. We gave over 2,500 2, baskets out. 
We went to different small towns in Dominican Republic. Nice. It was five days. It was tiring, but it was it was it was such a nice it was such a nice time. Good. I'm pretty sure they, they love it. Like you said, oh they, they, they're always looking forward for the following year too. So. And they just they, they appreciate so much. I mean, it's it's the thanks and it's it's the you gotta give back. It's you all gotta, about giving back. You have to. You have to give back. Yeah. It's just I. I it's just the thing to do. That's amazing. If That's God amazing. has blessed you with something, then I think you gotta share that. Well, you have been blessed, right? So now I have because you just told me that you you were nominated for like Woman of the Year. I have been nice. So I've been nominated for Woman of the Year. It's the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Okay. And it's I've heard of that special to me because I do have family members now struggling with cancer. Mm -hmm. um, so it is a special. It's close to my heart, and we're trying to. Um, get donations. That's what it's about, right? Okay. So, yeah. Where can yeah. they donate? Is it like a link or something? That we so can... it's March second. That's when it starts officially. Okay. So I've started sending out things like on Instagram and LinkedIn uh, and Facebook, just saying March second. We will be doing an event. Mm -hmm. um, we have six weeks to raise this money. We'll raise it. We'll raise it. Is yes. there like a certain goal? Is there a certain amount? So my goal is five hundred thousand. <laughs> So right. no one has raised that much. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> and I, it's it's such a worthy cause. Mm -hmm. It's such an important thing. It's just it's something that it has it has affected cancer has affected everyone's life. Yeah, so point, everyone has been like affected everyone, by it at some point. Everyone, everyone. Yeah. So if we can put an end to that, mm -hmm. um, it would it would be it would be great. It would be great. And any little thing that I can do to help. That's amazing. So I have a team. Uh, now of uh, 12 um, people, mm -hmm. amazing women. Yeah. I mean, I am mean, taking uh, well, uh, men you know, if they want to, if they want to participate. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> ladies, have, so ladies first anyway, right? Well, I have, <laughs> they, these are very, uh, these are awesome trailblazing women that I, have, sure that I have surrounded myself with. So we're looking forward to raising half a million dollars. Nice, half a million. So Matt, got to bring up the checkbook. Yes. <laughs> Sean, your checkbook. Oh, she got me. But I'm definitely donating. Though. I'm definitely gonna donate. So as soon as, you, as soon as I guess you give me the link or something, yeah, we'll, we'll do yeah. it. Yeah, I'm gonna put the link on on Facebook and, and everywhere. Okay, we we'll um, even try to put the link on the podcast too. So yeah. send it send it to me before yeah. we do everything we we'll put on here. So March second, we'll be uh, accepting donations, and we are gonna be having one event. Nice. Um, I have to just look for the location. We're gonna be having an event. Um, we're gonna have like an auction. We're gonna be sending, oh, we're gonna be uh, selling paintings. Nice, okay. There's a, there's a couple of the uh, members. Is it like local painters? Yeah, so a couple, couple of, okay. the, of the women. Um, Very nice. Part of my team that, that are artists that really they, 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 they do very well. Very, very. Something, I'm telling them already to start you know, drawing something, uh -huh. um, and so we can sell it. It's gonna be nice. It's gonna be a really nice event. All right, I'm, I'm coming. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Looking forward well, to you that. gotta be there. Yeah. I'm <laughs> you have the choice. I'm there, yeah. It's I'm on there. camera now, so yeah. you have to be there. <laughs> I'm definitely there. And you say you were donating about a hundred thousand? Is that what you said? I said Matt, but um, I'm, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely do our part. We're definitely gonna do our part to that. Thank you, thank you. Um, now to segue back, right, to real estate law. So I deal with a lot of first-time homebuyers too. And it's usually a lot of couples that I'm working with. A lot of young couples, everyone is, was it, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed mm -hmm. when they're getting into it. And I always tell them, like, listen, both of you better, if, you, if you're putting something into this house together, every, everybody should be on this deed. Can you give us, give a little, a little knowledge coming from Olivia? Like, what, what advice, what 
perspective are you, are you giving these first-time homebuyers when it comes to that part of it? Because you know a lot of people, they think everything's going to last forever. Right. Yes, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Most things don't last forever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, when I get a couple, first you ask, are they siblings? Because I have made the mistake or I've married mother and son, you know. <laughs> but, so, so, first you get clarity as to what the relationship is. Mm-hmm. I have right now a boyfriend and girlfriend that are buying a house. Okay. Um, that makes me nervous um, because they're not even engaged and they're not married. Yeah. Um, but good for them. Good for them, um, but then we have to make sure that the deed is worded in such a way where it's 50-50, right? So her, okay. her uh, 50% is hers. So if, um, let's say, Lord forbid, they, they, they don't get married mm-hmm. um, and they want to dissolve it, then they would just, one of them could sell it to the other one, the 50%, or they can just sell the house and everyone just gets the 50%, which is typically what happens. They just sell okay. the house. Um, and then, you know, the profit, you get your 50 and I'll get my 50. But of course, it's a relationship. So I put more in and, you know. And, of course, and, it always happens. I'm dealing with a situation like that as well. Yeah. Right, right. So it's unfortunate, but a lot of times, so I, I, I kind of so recommend. So there's different wording that you could put into it? Yeah, there's for, different wording that you can put into the deed, okay. uh, depending on the comfort. Um, and like the couple that I have now, they actually have a separate agreement. Okay. That, that they're entering into kind of like you put this percentage in to the down payment you put this percentage um so that if and when mm-hmm. you know they they the relationship dissolves then they'll have a document that says okay well then i'm gonna get this off the top i get this off the top and then the rest we divide 50 50. good for them i'm glad yeah. that they even starting the process because a lot of people usually yes no because a lot of people think it's forever yeah it's forever. yeah and i've, I've it's seen nice. some situ- it's, it's nice. nice i've, I've seen, seen some situations where it hasn't even lasted a year after yeah. the house and i'm like oh now you yeah have to sell it because it's very stressful like people it's a great thing to buy a house mm-hmm. but at the same time people have to understand that this is this is it's serious it's a responsibility yeah and this is a house. It's 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 not just like renting an apartment where you can just break the lease and and, and leave, right? Mm-hmm. With with very little consequences. This is a house, so you have to make sure that the money's there to pay this every month, to maintain it in good condition, yeah. um, to pay the the um, the electricity, you know, the gas, mm-hmm. the oil if it's oil. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into into buying and the responsibility. But it is the thing to do, especially I tell. Yeah, talk to my I'm community. Say that. Talk, talk to them. Talk to them. And I do a lot of first-time home buying seminars. You do a lot of seminars, okay? I do, and I go to churches and I speak to people. I'm going to Brooklyn at the end of this month, um, and I, I tell them it is the thing to do. Not and and I, and I tell them you don't have to hire me. I don't want anyone to think that I want them to buy a house so they can hire me and I can mm-hmm. make more money. It's okay. You don't have to hire me, but buy a house. Why? Because you're paying rent to a landlord, mm-hmm. right? And that mm-hmm. house is never, ever, never ever going yours. to be yours. Yeah. You're not building, you're not building anything for your family, right? Mm-hmm. So generational wealth, you're, that's not, true, building, that's about. you're yeah. not building anything. And, and we, will, we always think about our kids and leaving something for them, but this is how we start. This, this is how you start it, yeah. This is how you start. Yeah. Right? You buy a house, and you don't have to live there for 30 years. You can actually sell it, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and get I the profit. I tell people that. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's, if it's us, but 
we always feel like we have to buy one property and stay in it forever. And stay for 30 years. Stay for the 30 years. It's okay. I, I think that you could, you could get the starter home and then you could gradually move right. up, which you, we, you should, we all should do anyway. Right. You don't want right. to live with a house rich and cash poor. Right. Yeah. You just you buy whatever you can afford now, but buy it. Buy it may be that. small. You, you're, not, you're, not, you're not obligated to stay there mm -hmm. for 30 years. It's okay. You can sell it yeah. whenever you want to sell it. Obviously, if it makes financial sense. Yeah. You sell it, it's yours. Sell it. With the money that, that you're making, the profit, you buy something bigger. Mm -hmm. Or I have people that, that bought the house and then they refinanced it. And with the money that they took out of the refinance, Another they problem. bought something else. And that's how you build the generational wealth. It. And this is what we want to see. We want to see our kids do better. Mm -hmm. Right? We don't want, we don't want, my parents came immigrants. I mean, my mother worked in a factory. My father worked you know, washing dishes for a long time, and then he became a business owner. You know, but, but, but it was a long road for my yeah. parents, you yeah. know, and, and they did everything that they could so that we had, we did better, so mm -hmm. that we had more. Mm -hmm. so my parents bought a house, and, you know, my father then became a business owner because uh, he always thought of the family, yeah. right? And that's, I think that's, especially as, uh, in our community, that is what we think about our family and how we're going to better things for our family. Mm -hmm. it's, it's important to us. It is. I think sometimes we put it more into material than we should right. as far as other things right. and trying to impress the other, you know, the outsiders instead right. of really taking care of the, the structure of the right. house. Yeah. Right. You know, that, that's a huge problem. Sometimes, you know, you just first work here and then try to see what you can bring to mm -hmm. better, you yeah. know, the family. Don't forget that you're doing it for the family, but don't forget the family. Because sometimes we're trying to do things for the family and we haven't seen our family for days because <laughs> yeah. we're all working. So if we're trying to better That's the true. family, mm -hmm. how are we not with the family? That's very true. That's but it's very, the balance. It's not easy. It's all about balance. What about, um, so I'm pretty sure you deal with a lot of sellers as well. As right. well. Yes. Crazy market. It's a crazy market right now. It's a crazy market right now. Well, now it's crazier than it was before, believe it, because yeah. now there's no inventory. There's really no inventory. No. Really no inventory. I'm actually dealing with a situation now. We got an accepted offer on, what is today, Wednesday? Got an accepted offer for late Sunday night, and they were trying to set up the inspection for today. And I was like, two days? Tw yeah. 48 hours is too long. Um, yeah. How does it, how's everything working now as far as like getting contracts out? Because I know that is also like another task in itself, especially when you're dealing with the buyer or seller. So we're aggressive in, in the office. Um, so if we represent the seller, we're getting the contract out within 24 hours. So we're doing everything possible. We have to speak to the client. So sometimes if mm -hmm. we can't speak to the client, it's going to take us longer. But if we can make contact with the client, we're sending that contract out within 24 hours. Yeah. No. No questions. No questions. No questions. Um, if, if I'm the buyer, we're making sure that within 24 hours of the time I received the contract, my buyer is in. So I do work very crazy hours. Do you? I mean, I think everyone is. Well, right? because, I yeah, but, but I have attorneys that at 5 o'clock, the doors close. Really? Or 6 o'clock, that's it. I, yeah, yeah, you're right. So I'm from the community, I understand. So mm -hmm. if I have to wait for someone at 8 o'clock, I'm not saying I want to do it every day. <laughs> but no, but if you get out at 7 and this is the only time you can come, I will accommodate. Nice. Um, Saturdays in the morning. And then I will do some Sundays which I try really not to do because you mm. need one day at least yeah, to you rest. need at least one day off. But I, I have clients that work six days a week, yeah. long hours, and yeah. the only time they can come see me is on a Sunday. So if, and they're not well-versed with the whole Zoom, mm -hmm. with the virtual signing. With I'm the, over Zoom. I'm with, zoomed out. I'm yeah, I'm zoom. done. 
I, my personality doesn't come through in Zoom. <laughs> it's just Zoom. I'm like, I'm tired of looking at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of people don't really know about, so break down how it was in a contract for the most part, right? Like there's a lot of language in there. Not, don't go too far into it, but like- Yeah, because I can spend three hours here talking about contracts. Yeah, it can go a little crazy, but the, the important parts of a contract, like you have the owner about date, you have- Right, so the ones that, the, the highlights. The hi oh, there you go, right. I like the that. Highlights. highlights. So you confirm the person's name, because nine out of 10 times it's incorrect, right? Because you're missing three last names. Yeah. Right, so you have to, first have to, you know, confirm the person's name. Confirm the address and the price. You'd mm -hmm. be surprised how many people come in and say, oh no, I thought it was this. It wasn't that price. Mm -hmm. uh, confirm the price, confirm the down payment, how much they're gonna give. Um, another important thing to explain is how they get their down payment back and how they lose the down payment. Because that's, right? that's huge. So I begin with telling you how you get your down payment back. Mm -hmm. If you lose your job, you know, anything outside of your control. But more importantly is how you lose your down payment, mm -hmm. right? So if it's something that you should have known, oh, it's too far from my job, um, mm. you know, I don't want the commute, it's too late, you it's should have known late. that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm very careful uh, with the people uh, and when I explain that to them. I also explain that it's not in my control, the down payment, it's in the seller's attorney's control because you mm. get a lot of people saying, just give me my down payment back. Yeah, yeah, I don't have it, <laughs> I don't have it. I told you it's, it's with the seller's attorney. Yeah. So that's another important thing, uh, sales concession, which we're not seeing too much of. Yeah, so a lot of people don't understand really what a sales concession is. Mm -hmm. They think that the seller is going to help them or going to give them the money for the mm -hmm. closing costs. Mm -hmm. So you'd be surprised how many people come in and goes, no, the seller's going to do that for us. No, the seller's doing nothing yeah. except allowing you to borrow to more extra. Money. I think the seller's concession throws people in right. I think is, is worded completely right. wrong. Yeah. And everyone thinks that they're supposed to get free money from some, some Exactly, from that the seller is giving you free money. Yeah. That's not the case. Yeah. So that's money that you're borrowing. Another important thing is the 45 days for your mortgage commitment. Mm -hmm. That's important because they need to understand when the time starts ticking, right, for the 45 days. Even though you come pre-approved, mm -hmm. I tell them, I'm not a lender, but I, I've been doing it long enough so I can, I can, I can explain the process to you and they're going to be asking for the same bank statement 20 times over. Yeah, yeah. It's not that they've lost it, it's that it goes from department to department. Mm -hmm. I tell people just PDF it, you know, and just it save simpler. it. And just every time you get paid, take a picture, save it and just send it to them because they're going to be asking you for it. Mm -hmm. um, so I tell them that in the 45 days. I, um, and then the important thing is honor about the closing date. So you'd be surprised how many times this happens. So I have to tell my clients now, if the lender tells you we're closing on Friday, mm -hmm. but you haven't heard it from me, don't pack up your belongings. Don't, don't tell your landlord that you're leaving on mm -hmm. Friday because yeah. it's happened so many times. So many times, yeah. It's because you, you may be clear to close on the bank side, mm -hmm. but there may be title issues, right? Or the attorneys, we have to not consult at each other's calendars and set a date to close. Mm -hmm. So it may not be Friday. Don't take the day off. Yeah. You know, don't rent. I, this, all this has happened. Don't rent the truck for the weekend. Just don't. And I tell people, and they still, they, they, they still do it. They still do it. Because the, I think the lenders kind of, everyone's excited. Right. And they're not really expressing, like, you got right. to clear the clothes, but don't do anything. Right, right, right. It's right. not scheduled. Right. Yeah. So it's like I explain to people, like, I'm, I'm the wet blanket. I'm the skunk at the picnic. <laughs> right? Because I'm the one that's going to give you, you know, maybe news you don't want to hear. Yeah. We are going to get there, just not this Friday. Okay. Right? Um, so that's, that's a huge, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That honor about date. 
But how does the owner about that? Because I'm, I'm actually, I know how it works. I always ask this question like third, like third party. But um, I have a client that's building a house in North Carolina. Our owner about date is February 15th. And I was letting them know, like, listen, you can extend it for a certain amount of time. How does, what, how does that usually work when it comes to that? So honorable means that it's, it could be 30 days after, mm-hmm. right? So if you said February 15th, so it's March 15th. March 15th, yeah. So automatically, like, you don't even have to request that time. It's, you know, you should tell the other attorney, like, listen, we're not going to be ready for February 15th. That's mm-hmm. fine. March 15th, that's the date. That's the outside date. Now, if you're going to go past March 15th, right, then you have to now start discussing with the other attorney and give the reason, the reason why. But usually if I'm representing the seller and he's building something out of state, which, which I have, then I make sure that I put, it's contingent upon, you know, him finishing the house mm-hmm. and then purchasing the house or being ready to move. So there are things that you can modify in the contract just to make it clear so that the other party knows that I'm building something and I need that completed before I can close. Mm-hmm. So that then those buyers are not, you know, packing up their clothes <laughs> yeah. before time. Because, you know, it has happened where I'm the seller and I have the buyer's attorney calling me, you know, hey, listen, we have an honor about that. Yes, but I said that my clients were moving out of state and mm-hmm. it was contingent upon them closing, them being able to close, getting, you know, getting their commitment. Getting their commitment, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's, it's, that's, that's a key because a lot of people don't know that they have that option. Yeah. What happens if they go past that 30 day? Like now, that, now they're going past the 30 day, the buyer already locked in their rate. It's getting, now it gets- Hairy. Yeah, it's getting crazy. Everyone goes from happy to now they're, they're pissed right. off at this point. So, I mean, if, if I'm the seller and I've added to the contract that it's contingent up, upon my commitment mm-hmm. on my purchase, then there's really nothing we can do. Their lender should have seen, mm. right? That we wouldn't, we probably were not gonna be ready by March 15th to move. Mm-hmm. And now the, sell, the buyer has to start extending rates and they are not happy about no, extending not rates. At all. But the way I explain it to people, I had someone come to the office the other day and they had to pay, I think it was about $900 to, to extend so the rates. But the difference in the rates was. I, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to lie, but maybe it was from a 3.2 to a 3, 3.75, something like that. That's a big difference. So we calculated yeah. the difference. And within the 30 years, they were going to have to pay like $109,000 more. Yeah, that's a big difference. So I said, so what do you want to do? You want to pay $900 <laughs> now or $109,000? Yeah. You know, during your 30 years. During 30 years. And they're like, okay, I'll pay the $900. I mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah, I'll, yeah, exactly. sometimes people need, you need to break it down. So that people can understand, mm-hmm. you know, the lender is trying to help because the rates now are so low yeah. and they're going up. Yeah, they're, they're So going if they lock you in, pay it. Yeah. Pay the extension because it's worth it. At the, long, at the end of the day, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. listen, you heard, from, you heard it from earlier. But first. sometimes you have to, you know, you have to explain it to people because all they see is, is the now. Yeah. They see now have to come out of pocket $900. Can you explain the closing disclosure? What, what goes into that closing? Because a lot of people, they think that they're just paying a down payment and closing costs, but it's a little bit more into that, right? Like you have other fees that's going to be in that. You don't have to go too, too deep right. in, but what's usually in that closing disclosure? And so, how does the closing disclosure work? Like when, when do they usually get it from? So initially, I'm not a lender, so mm-hmm. whatever I say, don't take my advice. <laughs> um, but uh, what you do is you get, you get a loan estimate at first, mm-hmm. right? And it's just, I tell my clients, it's an estimate. You're going to get an estimate. It doesn't mean that this is 
thought what you're going to have to they pay at the estimate. end of the day. Estimate, that, that part always goes That's up. the problem. Because sometimes they'll call me and they say, but look, this document says mm -hmm. that it's going to be this amount. And I said, yes, but see, loan estimate. It says it on top. Yeah. It's just an estimate. Um, more or less what you're going to pay. And it's not that big of a difference. Sometimes it's, it's different. Maybe of $100, mm -hmm. you know, really that you're going to be paying per month. Um, but it's an estimate. So that's what you first get. And in there, it's going to... It's going to include the taxes, it includes uh, fees that you're going to have to pay, your title fees. Um, you have to pay sometimes your extension to, mm -hmm. to lock your extension. So sometimes in your loan estimate, obviously, they haven't calculated that. So um, then at the end of the day, they're paying more. Mm -hmm. But it's because those things, underwriting fees. Underwriting fees, yeah. yeah. Like There's like a lot of other things that, that get included in there. Um, and some people... Don't understand, you yeah. know. But I, I work with, I work with some really good loan officers that really sit down and explain. Oh, good, um, good. Explain. A lot of them don't. A lot of them just. Throw not them. every, not every. But I, I work yeah. with, with. Not my some. preferred lenders. My preferred lenders. <laughs> Gotta make not our lenders, but I've heard. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard about the other lenders. <laughs> it's crazy talk, but I've heard that the lenders that don't really explain the, the CD. Yeah. Um, to them, and, and at closing. I said, you've seen this document, yes. Has anyone explained to you? And you'd be surprised. Sometimes they tell me no. No mm. one's explained that document. So we'll go line by line, mm -hmm. um, you know, just explaining what it is that, that they're paying. We're at the closing table. It's too late. You're closing. Yeah. So whether you want to or not, whether you realize you were paying a point, you were paying for a point or not, mm -hmm. you're paying for it now. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's beneficial for you anyway. That's, that is how I explain to them. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, you are saving money in the long run. And there are times that you probably won't get that final number until the day of closing. So we sent out, when we represent the buyers, we sent out a checklist, mm -hmm. right? And then, and it's first time home buyers, so they're very nervous. They want the checklist like a week before. Yeah. It doesn't come from us. It comes from the bank attorney, mm -hmm. right? And then we explain to them a thousand times. So we explain to them a thousand and one times. And they're like, but I have to go get the checks, but we don't have the checks yet. Mm -hmm. Right? So, and I've had clients that actually go buy the, um, the CD that they got, and they just go and get a check. Oh, just get a check for Just the get a check for the cash okay. to close. And I'm like, well, we haven't divided it yet. We don't know, you know where it's going. Yeah. You know, and then they have to go back and redeposit. And to redeposit a certified check is not that easy. That's not, not easy at all. It takes yeah. a while. Yeah. And you'd be surprised because they're so quick to give it to you. But <laughs> yeah. then to, they put you through the ringer just to even... It's the same money that's coming <laughs> right back. Yeah. You yeah. know, but they put you through the ringer. Yeah, you're right. Um, so I tell people just, Sometimes I'm at a closing and numbers change, mm -hmm. and you have to go get your checks. Hopefully, the bank is close. Well, I've you had know, situations where yes. the banks are, are nowhere. Yes, <laughs> nowhere. Yes. Well, their bank is, is yes. have a bank close MCU. by. MCU. Yeah. Sometimes I've had closings in Suffolk County, and they have to go to MCU. To MCU. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I'm not saying I'm not speaking ill of the bank. I'm just no, saying no. that there I mean, are a I lot of branches. MC, MCU had a little tussle. Before, but I still got a lot of It's not. <laughs> this come from the shore. It's not come from. <laughs> no, it's just. But it's the bank is is far. It's yeah, far. it's far. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's typically a Queens, uh, yeah. the Queens branch. The yeah. city. There's actually one in Nassau, I believe. Not one. There's MCU. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah. no. I think it's Jovia now or something like that. Jovia. Jovia. Yeah, I think they changed it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't want to speak about bank and give misinformation. Yeah, yeah. We, we represent all banks here. <laughs> <laughs> but but Jacelyn and Ashley, they're so good at my office that if you're buying if you're buying checks, if you have to get certified checks at the closing, mm -hmm. they'll ask you um, who you bank with, and they'll find you a bank. Oh, nearby. nice, nice. Yeah, we're full service. Good. We'll there go to are. the bank for you. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>
And you cannot bring cash on closing does not mean cash at closing. Like you literally cannot bring a wad of cash. You cannot bring cash at yeah. closing. You can't. Yeah. Uh, you cannot. I've had people try. You cannot. Um, and it has to be from a sourced account. Because I have people that try, oh, my mother just gave me this money, mm -hmm. you know, it's coming from her account. But the day of closing, all checks have to come from a sourced account. A sourced account is an account that the lender has already seen yeah. and approved, right? Because a they go through. A lot of people through. don't know that. I've seen yeah. that happen too, yeah. yeah. They bring a check for mom yeah. or a dad mm -hmm. or something like that, yeah. And we can't do it. it mm -hmm. Even when, they, uh, when, you come to when you come to sign the contract. Some people, they have a business, so they'll bring a check from their business account. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they send it to the lender, the lender's like, no, 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 it cannot be from that account. I haven't sourced that account. Mm -hmm. It has to be from X account or one of these two accounts. Nice. You know, so. Yeah, listen, it's, uh, that's why you gotta have uh, Olivia on your side. She's on the Right, and I have been yeah. doing this for so long that I know a lot of attorneys mm -hmm. on, my, on the other side, so it's not adversarial. Um, so today you'll do me the favor, tomorrow I'll do you the favor. Nice. You know, just let's not kill the deal. My client made a mistake, you know, because it's now if you don't, if you... You just triggered something for me. Kill a deal. <laughs> you just triggered something, like, I, I just have flashbacks. <laughs> and I appreciate every realtor will probably say that. Attorneys are deal killers. Right. Why does everyone have that perception that attorney... Well, I, I, I don't I, know. Some attorneys some, are. Some are, yeah. And I don't understand why. Yeah. It doesn't benefit anyone, again. It's not adversarial. Mm -hmm. I don't see it that way. Um, so if you want to sell me your house, I think the attorney should do everything possible to make that happen. To make it happen, yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, protecting the laws of my clients. But if it's going to take me six days to get this to you, I have, I'm working on now where I have to have it back to within five days or the, de the deal's dead. Mm. Within five days. Within five days, yeah. It's crazy. I'll get it. Yeah. It's not a problem. They'll get it today. We got it yesterday. Yeah. But it's like, I don't understand that, that urgency. But I think it's, it's a lot of agents that are putting this pressure also. Definitely. Definitely. Um, because the clients don't know. They don't know. No. Right. And, yeah, then, and they're putting that out there. And now, now it's in the, the seller's right. head for usually right. the most part. And right. everything is, has to be done right now. They right. usually want you to have the contract out as soon yeah. as they accept the offer. Yeah. I've had where we're signing seller and buyer. We're having the meeting, the first meeting, everyone together. Really? Yeah. Really? It's just so unusual. Yeah, I've never it's seen. Because the seller wants to make sure that when he signs, that the buyer signs, and that he's going to sign right away, and they're going to get the down payment right away. Wow. Yeah, it's it's very aggressive right now. Wow. It's wow. very aggressive right now. Damn, I've never seen that. That's a first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's actually not a bad idea, but that's the yeah. <laughs> But I'm like, first. can I have some privacy so I can speak to my client about the contract <laughs> and the pitfalls and what could happen? Yeah. You know, and they did. They they were nice enough to get nice. It took me about 15 minutes to myself <laughs> to explain to, to my client um, yeah, the pitfalls of it. You know, because you have to, I have to explain it to them. Of course, of course. That's my job. And, and a lot of people, they don't want to hear when I tell them, no, you can't do that. Or no, that's not mm -hmm. a good option. Like I said, usually the attorney's going to be the bad guy. Yeah, I'm the skunk yeah. at the picnic. Yeah. yeah. We, we showed them a pretty house already. Right, right. got them to accept, especially in this market. Mm -hmm. And now you have someone that's telling them, like, listen, this is... ABC could happen, right. and, you know. Right, and people but you, don't want to hear. You have their best interests at heart. I do, and this yeah. is what I tell them. I said, you know, and, and you'll dislike some of the things that, that I say, but it's like a parent-child relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it for you, the benefit, for yeah. your benefit, to make sure that, that, you know, at the end of the day, you get, not only do you get the house that you want, you get a great deal. Of course, And yeah. then you're protected, right? You don't want to get into a house with, you know, 50 violations. And speaking of great deals, right? So, crazy, it's a seller's market, super aggressive. Mm -hmm. Everybody's waving everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Like, you, uh, I, I'll wave. They, they're just making things up at this point. Yes. 
What do you? What advice are you giving your clients when they when it comes to that? If they they you you receive this contract on your desk and saying they waive the appraisal, they waive yeah. the they waive the mortgage commitment, they they waive everything. Everything. What's what advice are you giving them? So what can you possibly tell someone at that point? Those are the meetings that take an hour and a half mm -hmm. because I'm very I'm clear because I need you to understand what you're waiving. At the end of the day, so we tell clients, you're my client, I'm your attorney. Mm -hmm. So if you want me, if you want us to do something. We'll do it, mm -hmm. but you have to understand what you're waiving, mm -hmm. right? I'm not gonna let you just say, okay, yeah, I waive that without you underst fully understanding what it is that you're waiving. Mm -hmm. Because it could be a good deal, I understand it's a seller's market, but at the end of the day, if you don't have $60,000 to come up with, right, you're done, you're, you're in done, trouble, yeah. right? So now what happens if they, so they waive the mortgage commitment and all that good stuff? What, what happens, this let them know what what's, what's possibly could happen. So, the house doesn't appraise. They waive, so they waive okay, the So I have a situation right now where the house didn't appraise at the price. It appraised for a lot less. Mm. Um, and we were supposed to waive it, but I put a clause in there where it had to appraise at least at six fifty. Okay. If it appraised at six uh, appraised at six fifty, then my client was gonna pay the rest. They paid the difference. They were gonna pay the difference. Okay. It appraised at six twenty. Mm. Like it appraised a lot lower. Ooh. A lot lower. Um, so I was able to get my clients out of it. At the end of the day, they wanted to pay the difference. They wanted to pay that difference? Yeah, they had the wow. money. Cause, and I always advise people against that because mm -hmm. now you, you're paying more than something is worth. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're my client. Mm -hmm. And as long as I, 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 I fulfill my responsibility to explain to you what it is that you're doing mm -hmm. and you still want to do it, that's fine. That's we'll on do you, it. Yeah. Right, I've that's had on you. the same scenarios. Like if I'm running comps and I've seen, I mean, sometimes you can't project what an appraiser, mm -hmm. appraiser is going mm -hmm. to give you. But if you see that those numbers, like that's a big gap. Yeah. So something was there to, to let that agent right. know that this may not appraise. And I'm telling people like, listen, walk away. Right. I understand we've, you've seen a million houses. Yeah. You've been rejected by all of these offers. And now you have the one that accepted it, but they accepted your offer maybe for a reason. Right, right. Is it <laughs> yeah. is it the best thing for you? Yeah, it may, yeah. It may, you know, it may not be, and that's when I come in and, you know, these people. I've had people that pay come out of pocket fifty thousand. That's a lot of money. People offer a lot over asking. Yeah. Um, and then you're on the hook. You have to understand. Mm -hmm. They're taking your offer because you're over asking. Because you're you over beat asking, someone yeah. else. Yeah. So you can't now say, well, I don't want the house if if you know if it doesn't appraise. It's not going to appraise. Mm -hmm. The realtors are good at, at, of course. Yeah, at that's pricing right. a house, right? <laughs> yeah. You guys know what you're doing. Yeah. You're good at it. So uh -huh. you appraise the house at the, at the price that you feel it's going to sell mm -hmm. or it's going to appraise. So if, you, if, you're, if you're offering $80,000 over, you have to understand that it, it's not going to appraise at that yeah. price. And now you're stuck. Nice stuff, you're stuck yeah. with that price because you went over. You know you went over. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's hard, but, but I, I explain to my clients, I have, I have clients that say, no, we're not going to buy it. Good. Good, good. Um, but most of the clients are like, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's okay. I don't know where to get the money from. Until the appraisal comes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had then, a, a situation with a, a seller I was representing. I'm, I'm, I'm actually representing and we went in at a certain price. I knew it was going to appraise higher, but you know, they wanted more. Mm -hmm. we, we accepted an offer that was a lot higher. So I, I'll give you the scenario. So we accepted an offer that was a lot higher. Um, of course, it didn't appraise. It appraised at the number that, I list, that mm -hmm, we listed mm -hmm. it for. So now the, the buyer was like, well, now I don't want it because it didn't appraise. We got lucky because this is actually a co-op. So we got lucky because another co-op, the same size co-op, closed literally like two days after the appraisal for the exact number that we wanted the contract oh, wow. for. But they wanted, they were, they wanted, because they, I give the price. So they, 
they went in at 235, it's a co-op, it's a one-barrel co-op, 235, and they settled at 215. We were literally in contract for 215. So it closed, mm -hmm. and now we had to go back out and do another appraisal, but yeah. we would have lost that buyer yeah. because, mm -hmm. of course, they went into a gun hole. Yeah, I paid, I paid that yeah. amount, and then when it because yeah, at short, first you're, yeah. you're excited, yeah. you know, you're motivated, you're going to do it. Yeah. That's a big you're going to get it, you're going to get this house, it's yeah. going to praise, don't worry. Maybe the agent told them, don't worry, this is going to praise. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when it doesn't, then like, oh, wait, yeah. hey, what's going on? Yeah, so sure, just, sure, can we, can we work something out? No. Because like, like, I represent like, the seller, me, right. now I'm like, no, no, we're going <laughs> Guess we're right. keeping the down payment. Like you, you bid over asking, and then you went into a bidding war, mm -hmm. right? And you know that it's, that it, you're, you're offering more than what it was listed what is, for. Well, yeah. Trust me, if it was, if you could have sold it for more, the agent would have listed it for the more. The agent would have listed it more. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, they made a good profit. They made. So back to what we were saying, they bought this, they bought this uh, co-op seven years ago for only $87,000. Wow. So yeah. buy, buy something because when you're ready, and this is the same couple that's, yeah. buying, that's building in North Carolina. So they're going down there and they're putting like half down yeah. on that new house in North Carolina. Yeah. So buy something. Generational wealth. No, do really, it, it. really. It's if you want to help your family. Yeah. Generational wealth and all of that. I know we hear that that, that term a lot. Yes, yeah, but kind it of, is. Yeah. But it is so true. Yeah, it, it really is, is true. It is because a lot of us came from nothing. Nothing, yeah. And I and I feel like like our grandparents they they knew buying, buying a house was something a little different for them because they couldn't they weren't allowed right. to buy homes right. Right, right. and they really didn't teach us to you know start that process a little earlier. But I think now we have the obligation to of teach course. our kids. Yeah. So now it's like buy a house. This mm -hmm. is this is what you have to do. Yeah, definitely. So, do it. I think that's a good advice. I think that's a great advice. <laughs> so I told I knew you was gonna be a pro with this. She's wow. she's a little nervous. I knew I she was gonna be a pro with this. <laughs> I told her well, before we leave. Oh, subscribe. Hit the notification button. Like. We don't do thumbs down, so don't give me a thumbs down. Yeah, no, no, no thumbs down. Not at all. Let's leave them with your information because you have a social media, you have an Instagram account. I do, I do. So it's uh, Rosario Law Group. It's in, that's an Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Okay. Um, How can they contact you? I just, I just, because I just learned that. So I'm very excited <laughs> about that, my Instagram page. <laughs> um, so my office is in Freeport. Uh, I'm at 42 Guy Lombardo Avenue in Freeport, New York. And my number is 516-517-2340. And if I'm not there, you can speak to Jacelyn. Just call her. She loves it. She loves yeah. to help people. Jacelyn or Ashley or Natalie, whoever you call, nice. they'll be more than happy to take your call. And we're very helpful at the office. And I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's our responsibility mm -hmm. as adults to, to do this, to, to buy a house, to build this generational wealth, and, and, and to... To lift, to lift, lift the community. The that's behind us up. That's, like said, right? listen, that's our responsibility. If, yeah. we, if we've been blessed with something, it's our responsibility. We can't just turn around and, and not look back. Yeah. And not look back to our community. It's, it's, that's horrible. Definitely. Definitely. Listen, a lot of free game. A lot of free game. <laughs> Olivia, I appreciate you for coming. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for coming. And don't forget the woman of the year. I was just about to mention that. Yes. Okay. We will be there. Yes. Matt and I and Matt coming. With well, a $100,000 check. With a $100,000 check, <laughs> we'll be here. All right. Thank you All so right. much. Thanks for coming. Thank you. That was good.